Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. I am Steven Serta. It's Thursday, November 16th, as we all eagerly await the Kansas City Chiefs Monday night football Super Bowl rematch against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's been a quiet week for the Kansas City Chiefs as they're getting things going late in the week because of a Monday night football matchup. So they will take the practice field later on this afternoon. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Swain, we got a big game on Monday night. It feels like it's just been uh, ages since the last time we saw the Chiefs play after a, a bye week and then a Monday night game. It just seems like we're we're really inching along to the finish line of this thing. Yeah, the week hasn't really even started yet, right? I mean, we had the Andy Reid press conference on Monday, but with the week break and then the formal press conference is not really starting here. Uh, until Thursday, it's it's been a hurry up and wait situation. It is kind of odd. I mean, we're going to be approaching the end of the week, and we'll get our first press conference from Patrick Mahomes uh, today, Thursday, and then coordinators will go on Friday, and then you know the usual Friday stuff will happen on Saturday. We're back into that Andy Reid football type of schedule, even despite the regular days uh, of the week. But uh, it's a get ready fast. Uh, get locked in with your mind fast type of week, I think, for the Chiefs because uh, this is the tallest test of the season. Uh, this is the game that I think a lot of people outside of Kansas City and Philadelphia have had uh, written on their schedule. Monday night game, uh, you get to really see uh, what has changed since the last time these two teams played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I, I'm actually excited to hear from them just because it, it feels like it's been so long since we've heard from Patrick Mahomes and you know, Andy Reid coming off the bye in those Monday press conferences, he usually is just kind of like, yeah, I'm just getting in the building, like getting going. I don't know what's happening right now. So it'll be nice to see them take the practice field today. We should get an updated injury report, which, you know, we don't really know where that stands at this point after the bye week, because once they go into the bye, they kind of go into lockdown mode and we don't really hear anything about any guys post you know, Miami Dolphins win uh, between now and what we're going to hear on Thursday. And it's worth mentioning the Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard, who is a stud for their offense, not expected to be available in this game. He suffered a fractured forearm in Philadelphia's last game. So pretty safe to assume that he's not going to be available this week for the can- or for the Philadelphia Eagles. But we still know they're a high powered offense, even if Goddard's not available. Yeah, uh, that's the one big one uh, that, that pops out. But uh, again, I mean, they they have a lot of options. You know, they added DeAndre Swift. They have AJ Brown, who, uh, if it wasn't for Tyree Kill, I think we'd be talking more about the season of AJ Brown because he's he's been right there with Hill uh, and then Devonta Smith, and so uh, a lot of ways that, that you can go. And 
Um, this is a team that has figured out an ultimate cheat code where if it's anything in one, they dial up the, a play that works 95% of the time. Um, and so uh, it's, a, it's, a it's a tough task to go up against. Um, you know, we've been talking about the Chiefs defense as potentially the top in the league. Uh, they passed test one when it comes to that. This would be test two. They put up a similar effort against the Eagles that they did the Dolphins. I, I think it's become pretty clear that this Chiefs team is the best defense in the league. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think this matchup against the Eagles is is different. Where like, I Miami is an explosive offense. They are a high powered offense that can put up a lot of points in a hurry. But I just think this Eagles team is so physical and, and can give you so many problems up front. And they they have that unstoppable play that you know it, it puts them in four down situations where other teams uh, will would never even consider going for things like that. So. It, it, it's cer it's certainly an interesting matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I actually want to ask you about this. I'm sure you guys talked about it on uh, Arrowhead Pride Radio last night on uh, 610 Sports Radio. We've got that available for you on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, too, if you want to go back and check it out. But uh, Peter King joined our friend Carrington Harrison this week and, and kind of talked about some of the conversations he was having with the Chiefs over the bye and you know, mentioned that Andy Reid had – a a closed door meeting with Matt Nagy and going over the offense and things like that just before the bye week. Uh, mentioned that Andy Reid is still very bullish on Sky Moore and thinks that Sky Moore can still be a, a big part of this offense moving forward. And as we get in the second half here, over we we know that the Chiefs are going to make adjustments. We know we what Andy Reid does over the bye week, and, and I'm just curious how how you feel about that based on what we've seen from Sky Moore in this offense so far this season. Yeah, I think in the last game you at least saw a flash. I mean, it hasn't been a solid season for Sky Moore. I think even he would tell you that he's been dissatisfied with this effort, but at least you saw a little bit of progress I thought in this last game where he had a couple catches and you saw them using Travis Kelsey more so as a decoy because of all the attention that he was getting. Uh, and you know, the truth of the matter is that if the Chiefs are going to go on this playoff run, even if they were able to get a bye week, they're going to need contributions past Kelsey and Rice and, and even past Pacheco. And we think McKinney is going to be turned on here you know, as we go into this late stretch of the season. You kind of need one more outlet. I know that they are being careful with Kadarius Tony snaps, so that leaves Sky Moore. And of the receivers, I think, on the team, you kind of know what Tony is. I, I know that it, it's been disappointing, but it, it seems like they're leaning into him as more of a package gadget type of player. We certainly know what Justin Watson is. We, we know what Marquez Valdez-Scantling is. I still think there's a little untapped with Sky Moore, definitely with Rasheed Rice in, in a really good way. And so Andy Reid, I think, was being honest. Uh, this is a second-year receiver. That was taken in the second round. Uh, they're not just going to give up on, on him uh, after nine games. It has been frustrating, both for him, I'm sure, uh, you know, and the fan base. Uh, but they are trying to stay optimistic heading into the second half. And I just, I tend to think the Chiefs' best option right now, when it comes to rotating three receivers and three receivers only, with you know those max snaps somewhere in the 30 to 40, 40 to 50 range, just depending on the game, uh, are Rasheed Rice. Uh, it is Justin Watson. And it is Sky Moore. I just think that offers you the, the highest ceiling. Uh, so we'll see how it goes here in the second half starting on, on Monday. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that's something that they identified over the bye week. Like, it feels like we've been talking about it for weeks now where we're like, man, the wide receiver group isn't 
isn't exactly what you want, but this seems like the best group that she could put out there. And we'd like to see more uh, of that group on on the field, trying to make plays. And, you know, I thought Brandon Kylie put it really well uh, a couple of weeks ago on show and BK where he was like, you know, you don't need any one of these guys or all of them collectively to be Tyree kill. Cause none of those players are going to do that, but you just need like a Sammy Watkins, like what Sammy gave for you in that super bowl season, like what you got out of him during his time here in Kansas city. You just need somebody who can make a big play at a key moment in the game, who can make some something happen. And right now I think that's the biggest issue with this offense is, when teams put the clamps on Travis Kelsey, when they got three different guys on him and it's impossible for him to, you know, do what Kelsey does where he just finds the soft spot because there's three players around him. Like you just need somebody else to step up and make a play. And that's been their biggest issue so far this season, but going against the Philadelphia Eagles in this Super Bowl rematch, we talk about Andy dusting off the good stuff in these big matchups and coming off of a bye week I have to assume, and this is just based off of track record, that we hopefully see the best game plan that we've seen from head coach Andy Reid all season. Yeah, I mean, I I hate to be uh, a guy who gets picked on here because I try to stay positive about the offense, but, I mean, you're still looking at a offense that's 12 in the league uh, in, a, in passing yards. If you go to the DVOA, which incorporates all, all kinds of uh, situational stuff, uh, the Chiefs right now, they're sitting number six in the NFL. Uh, offense is down in general. Um, I think that it would be nice for sure for a reliable target to emerge past uh, Rasheed Rice. But I just think we're looking at from the lens of previous seasons and the Chiefs being in that one to three range. Uh, it's kind of taken a hit this year. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I, I think by not doing anything at the deadline, by acquiring McCole Hardman a few weeks earlier, they kind of told you that they feel like they have enough talent in-house. Travis Kelsey said as much uh, on his podcast, but it, it's one thing to say and another thing to, to do. But I I know that that there is a worry here, right, with the offense. And I'm, I'm kind of going to sound like I, I was the, before the bye week. But just with the way that the defense uh, is playing, you're okay. I mean, if you look at DVOA on the defensive side, the Chiefs are three. So you've got the third-best defense. You got the sixth best offense. Uh, you don't make mistakes like we've seen the Chiefs make in, in these losses, turnovers, penalties, et cetera. You're probably the Super Bowl champion. Uh, so, like, I just, I think the, the thing that, that gets me, and, uh, you know, some fans will roll their eyes, but I'm going to say it anyway, is like, I think that we can complain about the offense until February 18th. Right. Like the offense may not look like it has in previous years, but they may win the Super Bowl. Like, are we still going to be complaining uh, if the offense, like if they were to put up 22 points, 24 points in a Super Bowl victory? Like with that, you know what I mean? Like I I'm I'm to that point where I just I don't think there's been a grasping, like generally speaking, of just how good a shape Chiefs in are are in right now. Can they approve Uh, for sure? Uh, But I, I think this is a championship team with the way they even played in the first half and and. This will be a big measuring stick. So maybe I'll eat some words if the Eagles come out and, and blow the Chiefs, um, blow the Chiefs out on their home turf. But I, I just feel generally good about uh, the direction of the team. Yeah, I, I just have to assume that we're, we're going to get uh, a big time performance from them uh, offensively, or at least hopefully it's just a little bit more functional. Because you're right, like it's the offense is still good. It, it's just not. Uh, 
it's not guaranteed, I, I think, is the way I would put it. Like it has been in the past where, you know, in certain situations, Patrick Mahomes is going to go get you seven points. And I think that's what Chiefs fans have been most frustrated about this season. But well, it could be a lot worse. The Buffalo Bills just fired their offensive coordinator right. and they're still like a top five offense well, by every metric. That's the thing, though, like compared to the rest of the league, it's not just good. It's very good. Now, is it great? No. I mean, I, I said that they were sixth. Uh, but as far as the rest of the league goes, it's very good. I just think, you know, a lot of us, you know, a lot of people in Kansas City that, you know, you only watch the Chiefs games. And, and sure, you know, there's other games. But I just I think there's a lot of comparing this team, this offense to previous years. And what you got to understand is like, the Chiefs in previous years with the rookie contracts and Mahomes and Tyree Kill being this generational freak of nature that was always going to command money that you had to make a tough decision on. Like that to me could be more of an outlier than like what we're seeing right now. Now, am I opposed to another offensive weapon? No. Do I think that the Chiefs are going to make fixing this weapon situation for Patrick Mahomes? Um, you know, fix it in the offseason, have a have a uh, emphasis on the offensive side. I do. Um, but again, uh, what's been beautiful here and, and what you're seeing is even despite the, the struggles on, you know, from the frame of reference of Mahomes, uh, the Chiefs have still found a way to have the best record alone in the AFC um, again. And and and, you know, that that's where I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, like, what happens in this game, like. That's another thing about the Eagles. Like, what if this game turns out to be a 17 to 13 win, but you beat the best team in the league? Is that still going to be a, a, an area where people can play? I, you know, I, that's where I'm, I'm sort of at with this whole um, situation involving the Chiefs in 2023. Well, the answer is yes, they will complain. If it's only a 17 <laughs> to 13 win because that's that's what we do. Right. And right. Yeah, you're 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 right, man. It's they're they're seven and two. They're atop the AFC. And when you look around at the AFC landscape, like, yes, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC right now, but they've all been wildly inconsistent, except for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs haven't been the most consistent team offensively, but what has been consistent is the defense, and the defense is winning you games. So if you can just get a little bit more out of the offense, if you can turn that corner and be more consistent, because we know they've been putting up yards, it's just the red zone stuff. If they can just find a way to get into the end zone more often, the conversation's totally going to shift about the offense. So I'm willing to put all of my money on Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid figuring this thing out and getting it a little bit more functional for the second half of the season. But we won't know that until they take the field on Monday night. So obviously it's going to be a massive matchup. I think the chiefs are going to show up with everything they got to try to make sure that they can prove that last season wasn't a fluke, despite what Eagles players want to say about the field and whatever is if Kansas city wasn't also playing on that crusty field. Um, but before we get out of here, I do want to mention, cause this was a big deal when it happened and me and you talked about it, P and we're just kind of like, don't really understand why everyone's so upset about it. Um, but the Chiefs, uh, former six-round pick, Keon, defensive lineman Keandre Coburn, who they released a few weeks back, was picked up by the Denver Broncos, was released this week by the Denver Broncos after not being active at all uh, in his short time with the Broncos. So it seems like there's a strong chance he could wind up back on Kansas City's practice squad because that was something that they had talked about. I think Steve Swagnola even said he was hopeful that uh, Keandre Coburn would wind up back on the practice squad, but... He's available again. I would not be shocked to see him at the Chiefs facility sometime this week. Yeah, I think it's a great possibility. 
And yes, um, I guess the Broncos realized that there's a reason that he was waived. Uh, I'd said at the time uh, that Chiefs recent success on day three has made unrealistic expectations for what to expect in a in a sixth round pick. And I think that's what happened. He probably needed a little bit more development. Um, in these previous years, we've seen the Chiefs be able to sneak some of their own draft picks onto their practice squad and it hasn't gotten as much attention like with uh, Cornell Powell and a, and a Josh Kando. You hope that Coburn, if he is retained by the Chiefs or brought back by the Chiefs, I should say, um, can can develop here. I, I do believe that they wanted to bring him on the practice squad a couple weeks ago. We'll see about today. Um, I tend to think it's a it's a great possibility. But yeah, like <laughs> there was a mini freak out. If you're a diehard Chiefs fan, you know that there was a mini freak out among some of our, our fellow colleagues and media members uh, about losing uh, Coburn to the Broncos. But uh, after three inactive games, uh, I guess they realized what the Chiefs realized, and that is that this particular player needs more development. Um, and you know what? Uh, maybe the people in the Chiefs front office, Steve, actually like, kind of know what they're doing after having you know two Super Bowl championships in four years. Uh, and and deserve that that benefit of the doubt. I, you know, just a word of advice for for those uh, that participated in the in the Coburn freak out of 2023 a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I don't think at this point, uh, just based off of recent track record, anybody should really question uh, Brett Veach and his staff with uh, what they've managed to do with this roster in a short amount of time with, with draft picks, free agent signings. Uh, they're humming right now. They know they know what they're doing and. It's also worth mentioning that this was widely regarded as a pretty rough defensive lineman draft class. So there's nothing wrong with Keandre Coburn needing some more development. Uh, we'll see if he winds up on the Chiefs practice squad. Uh, I hope he, I hope he does, because I think long term wise, if he winds up being an NFL contributor, I think it would be good for him to be here in Kansas City and, and develop with that staff who we've seen uh, really help out uh, a lot of defensive linemen here over the last few years. But He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Stephen Sir. That's where you can find me as always. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, keep your eye out later on this afternoon. I'll be chatting with our friend Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation, previewing the Chiefs Monday Night Football Super Bowl rematch against the Philadelphia Eagles. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, stay locked into arrowheadpride.com. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow for our Friday live edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report.